Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year, and me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest, and we'd go up there, and just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink, and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom fitted for a new pair of Tacovas boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year, managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup, putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with smart money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of The Yard. That's right, folks. You've made it. The weekend is here. I hope it's a payday for you. For maybe some of you weekly and bi-weekly wage earners, maybe today is the day. I hope it is a payday for you. And if not, maybe next week. Big night in baseball last night in a Southeastern Conference. We'll break down everything that took place, including a an offensive explosion at Mississippi State and an absolute bloodletting of sorts on Thursday night as Mississippi State locks up a spot in the top four of the Southeastern Conference standings. And here's how that will work. Basically, everything is still in play for State until today. And what I mean by that is State is still in contention for the SEC overall championship. Now, you need Vanderbilt to lose out. And basically, you need State can't can't win it outright. State could uh, could win a share. But uh, it's one of the cool things to, to be in contention in the final weekend of the season. But uh, there are some bigger fish to fry, and that's kind of what we're focused on right now. I, I don't think it's very realistic to expect Arkansas to lose the final two. You know, State's only a game back of Arkansas and two back of Vanderbilt. But, you know, based on what's happened with uh, this whole situation with, with uh, Asa Lacey at Texas A&M and him being suspended uh, this weekend, I think the chances of, our, of, uh, of A&M taking a serious from Arkansas are pretty slim. But that's why they play the games. We'll see how it all plays out. But uh, State right now tied with Georgia in the SEC standings, but State holds the tiebreaker. Now, State needs to do no worse than tie with Georgia because state that, that would put State in the number three seed in the SEC tournament. And by being a three seed, that means you play the early game on Wednesday morning. If you're the four seed, you play the night game. We really want to get the game over with. You know what I'm saying? We want to go ahead and play Wednesday morning, get that thing done. 
Not to mention there's all kind of competitive advantages on that sort of stuff. You know, playing a team, played the day before, it's been a long season. Uh, but the bottom line is this. Everything that Mississippi State wants to attain, with the exception of the SEC regular season championship, is within their reach. It's as simple as that. State can play their way into a top eight national seed. And, and listen, I, I've all, I have felt for some time that you know once you get to 19 wins, you're locked in there. It, it would be almost unprecedented. I, have, I haven't gone back and actually done the math. But only last year, you had three top eight national seeds with an 18 and 12 SEC record. Uh, State's better than all those teams. Last year, Florida, the SEC champion with 20 and 10. State, State's got an opportunity to win number 20 tonight. State's 19 and 9 in the Southeastern Conference with a chance to, to win to win 21 and then not win the league. If that doesn't speak about you know the the quality of competition in this league that you can win 21 games in the Southeastern Conference and possibly finish third in the SEC, are you kidding me? That's where we are. I want to thank our fine friends at Campus Bookmark, Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, the whole crew there will treat you like family because in their mind you are family. Many of you bought textbooks or rented textbooks from Campus Bookmark when you were students here. Now it's time to outfit your family, your home, your pet, your RV, your campsite, whatever you got with the latest in maroon and white merchandise. You can find that at Campus Bookmark when you come to town. And perhaps if game day is not a shopping day for you, you can visit them at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a promo code to save you a little cash. The phrase that pays is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over $50. And in any order less than 50 bucks, absolutely incomplete. So let's go ahead and take a look at what happened in Starkville last night. It was a little bit of a slow start for the Bulldogs. And, uh, I'm, you know, I've got some friends of mine, you know, that uh, the we, we share comments throughout the game. You know, I'm, I'm covering the game and trying to keep up with everybody, but at the same time, I'll get caught up in our little group chat every once in a while. And uh, it's so funny. You know, we get down a couple of runs. It's like, man, we're going we're gonna to lose our top eight national seed. You know, it's just like, guys, just, let's just relax a little bit, okay? Let's just relax. But, you know, I know a lot of people felt the same way. And, and, I, and maybe it's just all those years of being a Mississippi State fan. You're sitting there thinking, okay, you know, we are on the threshold of glory here. We are in a situation we can play our way into something absolutely wonderful, give ourselves a much easier path to Omaha. And then here we are, and, and let's, let's just say we lose the series or we find a way to, you know, to botch it here at the end. Uh, you know, that, that's kind of that old Mississippi State mentality, and my hope is some of that is kind of dying off. But uh, when we were down 2 nothing in that ball game, and it seemed like that uh, – you know, South Carolina been able to barrel up a couple of pitches from Ethan Small, and, and Ethan did not have his best stuff last night. And the fact that he kind of battled through that and got a win, I think, was absolutely huge for the Bulldogs. But early on in the ball game, it just certainly it certainly felt like things weren't going our way. I think it's important to remind ourselves that it's not a boxing match. You know what I'm saying? No matter how hard somebody comes out and hits you in that first inning, they still got to get you out 27 times. Still got to get you out 27 times. The, the umpire's not going to step in and stop it, okay? You know, two or three innings into a ball game. We're, we're going to go ahead and play the game. And there's sometimes, I know when, when we don't get off on, on the solid footing, you know, people get to panic a little bit. A lot of baseball left to be played. And that's kind of the situation yesterday. They jump out ahead. They get one in the first on back-to-back doubles. And both of those balls were absolutely smoked. And it did seem like Ethan just was, was having some trouble, had to really go right at hitters. It seemed like he, was, he wasn't getting that low call early, and they, weren't, they were laying off that fastball up. And so as a result, he really kind of had to go to them, struggled a little bit throwing his off-speed stuff, struggled a little bit throwing that breaking ball early, and the, the, probably the first time through the order. I don't know that he threw it for a strike very often. But South Carolina gets up one nothing. Then we get into the third inning. It's two nothing, and I won't say there was unrest at Duty Noble Field, but there 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 was an air of concern. You know what I'm saying? It was just kind of like, okay, all right, let, let's get going, guys. This is South Carolina. They're tied for 12th in the league. This shouldn't be the case, but I think it's one of those things where you look at, regardless of how a season is going, those are still SEC players in the other dugout. These are guys that are among the best players in the country. You know, sometimes you have some injuries. Sometimes you have things that happen where, where things don't go your way. But despite the fact that South Carolina is 27 and 26, you know, some, some of the best players in the country out of high school elected to go play there. 
and you're going to have some guys that are going to put some at-bats together. You're going to have some guys that are going to, they're going to have a good game. Andrew Eister, left fielder for South Carolina, he was 3-for-3 three three last night. All right, that, that kid can rake, okay? And uh, he's playing for some things, you know, kind of beyond South Carolina, and I'm not saying that he's dogging it. This is a guy that's got a potential professional football, pardon me, potential professional baseball career ahead of him. They're not going to take the weekend off, okay? They need to come up here and get a game and try to get into uh, to get to Hoover to kind of keep this thing alive for them. You know, and what's what's so crazy, and we'll get into the standings a little bit later, is that nobody gained any ground last night in that battle for the twelfth spot in the SEC tournament. Everybody involved: South Carolina loses, Kentucky loses, Alabama loses. So now they're all tied at seven and twenty-one. So somebody somewhere has got to get a win. I haven't done the math on it because it doesn't involve Mississippi State. But what if this thing ends with with all of them go, going seven and twenty-three? What if everybody gets swept this weekend? I suspect that means that, that South Carolina would go because South Carolina holds the uh, tiebreaker over Kentucky. Uh, but I think when you go back and look in a three-way tie, I think what happens then it's the it's the uh, the combined record against the highest RPI team or something like that. But anyway. I'm not totally sure of the tiebreaker, but how interesting would that be that the uh, the futility of the bottom third of this uh, of, of the league this year, that the final spot is decided by a tiebreaker between three teams that got swept on the final weekend. Uh, to get back on track here at Mississippi State, State puts up four runs there in the third inning. And uh, it, at that point, it just simply felt like State wasn't going to look back. That That's just how the whole thing felt. And, uh, you know, if... The good thing about it is, and it's kind of like one of the things we talked about uh, on uh, Wednesday show, is that State is, is able to beat you when maybe the Stars aren't having a big night. That hadn't always been the case. You know, for us or really anybody, there, there, there's sometimes you, know, you, you kind of got to ride your guys, and that's kind of how it felt last year. You know, is that if Jake Mangum wasn't having a big ball game, we were in trouble. Even though we got hot late, you know, Elijah McNamee carried the team for a little bit of a little while, Tanner Allen for a while. But uh, it's interesting how that all works out. But uh, State, four runs in the inning. The first five hitters got on base. Uh, Josh reaches on an error. Marshall Gilbert has an infield single. Uh, Mangum is hit by the pitch. And they reviewed that, too. And, and it seemed that's one of the things, too, is listen, I'm always about getting the call correct. But Jake Mangum was clearly hit by the pitch. I don't know why we have to go review that, and, and I think that was probably initiated by the South Carolina dugout, and it was stupid, okay? And, and th- there needs to be, at, at some point, some discretion among the umpires to say, hey, we're, you know what, guys, we're not going to waste any time on this, okay? He was clearly hit. Uh, but the bottom line is they review it. It's upheld. We'll never get those two minutes of our life back, ever. Uh, Jordan Westbrook and Tanner Allen are walked at that point. That ties the ball game. And that's one of the things about this team that, that um, is maybe a little different than the last couple of years. We're a lot more patient at the plate. I give Jay Gotro a lot of credit for that. One of the things Goat and I talked about a while back is that, you know, you can't get yourself out. And that's one of the things that guys like Jake Mangum and Elijah McNamee did at times last year, if you swing at balls out of the zone and get yourself out. Now, some of that Mangum magic kind of involves him being able to handle those pitches because he's not going after looking for strikes. Jake is looking for something to hit. But uh, when you get in the heart of this order, they're not these free-swinging church league softball players that are trying to hit everything out of the ballpark. They will work the count, get a quality at bat, and, uh, and find a way to get on base. And that's what happened. Westberg and Allen both work it, get RBIs in a deal. It's 2-2. Two to two. Foscue hits a little, hits a wild, it's a wild ride there. Westberg is barreling down at third. The ball is hit right into his path. And so the third baseman grabs it and tags him and throws across. You, you know, it, it's a baseball IQ thing, but you, he's going down there trying to get there quick. You know, in hindsight, you always think, well, you know, this is what I would have done. You know, if he stops right there, you can avoid the double play. You make the third baseman tag you out. But it's just a bang-bang play, kind of a difficult thing to deal with. Uh, but uh, Foscu gets in the double play. State scores on the play to take the lead. And from there, they never, really never look back. Uh, it's it's one of those weird things, too, where Dustin Skelton uh, get, gets on. And then Rowdy Jordan hits an absolute rocket to second base and it did hit his glove and, and I listen if we had credited him with a hit I don't think you could have really argued against that 
you absolutely smoke that ball to second base. The, the second baseman didn't come up with it. They they give him an, an error and two runs score. Fiskew never slows down on the play, and uh, the throw home is is a little bit late. And uh, at this point, State's kind of putting you know again. Hustle wins the day. I, I've never seen a guy get cut for hustling. You know what I'm saying? It's just one of those things, and that's the thing about Justin Fiskew. We talk so much about how things it's it's the defensively kind of settled when he went into second base about the jump he's made as a, as a hitter this year with 13 home runs, leading the team. But then there's a situation there where he's going to force them to make a play, and they couldn't make the play. The guy's just simply a baseball player. He's not just a hitter. He's not just a good defender. He's not just a good locker room guy. Justin Foscue is a baseball player. He's a well-rounded baseball player that fully understands the game. Guy's got a high baseball IQ. I've been told by people on the coaching staff and players themselves – there's not anybody that works harder than Justin Foskey, that he comes to practice every day with a plan in addition to what Mississippi State asks him, ask him to do. Justin Foskey comes in, takes a lot of balls off the tee, takes extra infield, tries to get things settled, you know, that he, that he, is, a, that he is a guy that is very committed to his craft. And that's really what we see in moments like that. It's, it's not just a guy looking up and recognizing an opportunity. This is a guy that is prepared for this opportunity. Uh, so we get into the, the fourth inning, you know, again, and here's the best thing about this whole deal. When we get into the fourth, once State got the lead, Ethan Small really settled down, really thought, you know, that he found some things and, and maybe just some time in the dugout allowing him to kind of sit and watch for a while, allowed him to kind of work through his mechanics and talk some with Coach Foxhall. But the bottom line was once State got the lead, whatever Small was missing the first three innings, he he finds it, comes back, Keeps him off the board. State puts up five runs in the fourth. Uh, Josh Hatcher, goodness gracious. You know, Josh playing in for Elijah McNamee right now. And um, last night it was about the splits. You know, you start a couple left-handed hitters there, you know, because of the fact that uh, Carolina's still on a right-hand guy. Josh Hatcher making the most of his opportunity. Uh, Josh just and, and you can go watch the video on Gene's page. We got post game video of uh, Landon Jordan, Josh Hatcher, Ethan Small, and Chris Monis on Gene's page right now, free for everybody. You should be a member, but if you're not, you can still go watch for free. It's out there for you, okay? But Josh Hatcher, one of the best at bats that Mississippi State has had a few weekends here, okay? And we have had some that you know might be comparable to this one, but you remember Josh Hatcher is not an everyday player. Now, he was. He won the starting first base job last year and then ultimately lost it to Tanner Allen. But Josh Hatcher is a guy basically coming in cold. Hadn't had a lot of at-bats as of late. But he sits there and fouls off pitch after pitch after pitch after pitch after pitch. And then he finally got the pitch he wanted, and he absolutely crushes that ball. Absolutely smokes it to, to just a little bit left center. I think it hits off the top of the wall. Not exactly sure. But it gets out of there. And uh, if you see that video, and you can go watch that, Hell State, uh, Hell State Baseball's got the, uh, the video of him coming around the bases the, the, from the TV broadcast. You can see how fired up Josh is. It's a big moment for Josh. It's a big moment for Mississippi State. And that's one of the things about this order that I, I don't think people fully appreciate. We had three guys hit their first home run of the season last night. Josh Hatcher, Brad Cumbust, first of his career. Lennon Jordan, first of his career. You got 13 guys now that have hit home runs. You know, the, it's it's getting a little warmer. Ball's going to carry a little bit more, okay? But you can't take an at-bat off against Mississippi State if you're a pitcher. You can't get out there and say, oh, well, I can groove this guy fastball because he can't hurt me. There's really not anybody in the lineup that is incapable of hitting a home run. And that's, I think, one of the things that kind of showed you last night. Listen, we're not going to have nights like that every off, very often, especially this time of year when you put up 22 hits and 24 runs. It's not going to happen. Especially when uh, some of your stars aren't swinging it. But uh, that just shows the depth of this team. And so uh, you get in the fourth there, and Josh hits the home run. And uh, it, was just an, it was just an incredible, incredible bat. Very happy for Josh. Josh's a great young man. Very happy that he's stuck in here with it. Uh, Mangum singles, and then Westberg drives him in, and then Allen gets a base hit. Next thing you know, Justin Foskey rips a double out there, scores a run. Rowdy singles. It's just one thing after another. It's one of those things you swing the bat hard, good things happen. When you make contact, 
big things happen. Force them to make plays defensively. Because especially a team like South Carolina, with all the injuries they've had and the fact it's been a long year, they might have had one of the worst defensive teams that I've seen at Duty Noble Field in a long time. And conference or, or non-conference, they they really really struggled. And, I, and I'm not even talking about the plays that were recorded as errors. They had some errors. There's some other things, just you know, taking bad angles and that sort of stuff. And, and there's some balls they probably should have gotten to if, if we had been playing LSU last night. Which how great would it be to put up 24 runs on those bombs? But uh, but the bottom line is, LSU plays clean defense. South Carolina didn't. State really really exploited that. You get into the fifth, and again, Ethan Small still dealing. And at this point, State put the game away. That's one of the things about some Mississippi State teams in the past that um, have always been a little bit of a concern. Even back in 16 at times, we kind of struggled to put people away. Great teams dominate bad teams, and that's what happened in this game. State really began to get some separation. You put up 16 runs through five. State goes up 16-2. to two. The big blow, the, the grand slam from Dustin Skelton. And I, I tweeted this last night. And I think it's worth talking about. Uh, I don't know the numbers today, but I, but I, last night at one point, Dustin Skelton had pulled within one of the SEC lead uh, for, for runners thrown out behind a kid from Ole Miss, who is a great catcher as well. He just doesn't have the offensive piece. Doesn't have the offensive piece that um, the Dustin Skelton has. Dustin Skelton now with 10 home runs. And so, if, if and granted, I'm biased, but I think when you look at the numbers, you have to give Dustin Skelton the nod as your all-SEC catcher. Nobody's doing what he's doing. When you put the whole package together, when you look at the runs batting it in, the reserve it in, the home runs, the average, I mean, he's hitting, what, over 100 points higher than, than Cooper? You know, and, that, and that's no slight at Cooper. That kid's an incredible athlete and probably a better athlete than Dustin Skelton. But at some point, the production has to match the potential. And that's what we're seeing with Dustin Skelton. It's always been some potential. And Cooper Ole Miss has got a lot of potential. That kid's going to play baseball a long time. But Dustin Skelton is outperforming him. And that's not about a state Ole Miss thing. I think about that. if I'm voting, they're probably one and two, Okay. I think, you know, as a former catcher, I can tell you that Cooper does a lot of the things you got to do. He's he's so athletic behind the plate, makes it easy for his pitchers, blocks things up. You can have a lot of confidence still on the ball in the dirt because he's just not going to let it get loose. But he just doesn't have the offensive component Dustin Skelton has. And so Skelton really puts the game away. At that, at that point, listen, it was already getting out of hand. When State goes up 16-2, to two, you could, you could kind of get a sense that State was going to go ahead and finish this deal. And South Carolina was kind of ready to get it over. We get into the six again. Uh, Carolina picks up an, an, a, a runoff Riley self. And uh, and Riley was the first of several relievers that came in and kind of got some work. And how great is it to be able to get some SEC innings for those guys? A lot of guys got to pitch last night. A lot of guys got to pitch against Louisiana Tech. And so we're getting some guys ready for the postseason, getting them some work, getting them some ABs. Riley, great pitcher from Mississippi State. Gives up. They hit him a little bit last night, but here's the deal. You know, former, former high school baseball coach, I'll, I'll tell you, one of the things I, I couldn't stand is you, you get a big lead and then all of a sudden we start nibbling at the plate. Listen, you know, you were up 14 runs. Go out there and just throw strikes. Make those guys hit their way on. Let's get the game over with. So Riley challenged some hitters, got hit a little bit, gives up a run, and then State battles, battles right back again in, in the bottom of the six and puts up two more runs. Landon Jordan hit an absolute smoke show to right. Really like that kid. The makeup of that kid, I mean, if, if he can get it figured out defensively, we, we begin to look ahead to next year. And it's fun. I mean, it's great. It's much fun as we're having now. That's the thing when I think about next year. If we can find somebody to get out there and, and be a leadoff hitter, you know, uh, State's going to be really, really good next year. You know, this this is sustainable. This is not a senior-laden team on a, on a on a run that's going to put you on a roller coaster next year. Yeah, you got some big pieces to fill, especially out in the outfield, you know, with McNamee. But you begin to think about this. You're not going to replace Jake Mangum, okay? That's just not going to happen. That's an iconic type player in your program. But you're probably going to have Rowdy Jordan go to center, and uh, we'll put one of these young guys in left and probably uh, have some competition there in right. But, you know, Josh Hatcher's a guy that can play his way in out there. Brad Cummins is a guy that can play his way in out there. You've got some pieces to kind of look ahead to next year. 
And so when you begin to think about Landon Jordan, he was one of our top hitters in the fall. Coach Lamona said last night he's had some really good BPs as of late, and they've been wanting to get him in. He comes in last night and hits an, a- an absolute bomb to right. Uh, that excites me because it, it, it reminds me that this is all sustainable. Uh, then Gunnar Halter comes in, hits 108 miles an hour over the left fielder's head. It hits the base of the wall. I joke with Gunnar a little bit afterwards. I mean, that, that ball was absolutely smoked. And again, it's one of the things that excites you about this lineup is you begin to think, okay, you have the notables, you know, but to have a ball game like this where everybody hits, where everybody gets out here and kind of gets things rolling up, you know, uh, that that's really, really big. But, you know, it's one of the things that one of the guys said in postgame is that, you know, we're having a hit party. And it seemed like everybody sent up there, not only did they hit the baseball, they absolutely crushed the baseball. And uh, when you begin to think about the possibilities with this, you know, you want to be playing your best baseball at the end of the year. And I think last night is pretty much evidence. Mississippi State swinging it as well as anybody in the country right now. Listen, I get it. It's a South Carolina team that's struggling. I understand that. But it's not really about them. It's more about us. You get into the seventh inning there, Rowdy Jordan, you know, one of those things comes in, Landon Jordan pushes him across. He landed Jordan again. Again, you got Landon out there doing some things. Bodes well for the future. Bodes well coming off the bench. Bodes well coming in as a pinch hitter. One of the best things, too, when you start seeing these guys uh, just mash the baseball. You know, when you see Josh Hatcher and Brad Cumbust, and, and it means you don't have to rush Elijah McNamee back. And listen, I get it. We're running out of ball games. But if you can get him through the week and get him through the tournament and then see how he feels, maybe he's ready to go for a regional. Because, again, I expect his team to get to Omaha. But the good thing is you don't have to put him out there and let him be a liability. You put him back there because he helped your ball team. But the good thing is you've got guys that can pick him up. In the eighth inning, of course, uh, back-to-back double start the inning. Gunnar Halter again. You know, Rowdy Jordan, those guys swinging the bats. Hancock hit by the pitch. Brad Cummins hits a home run. You know, and it's it's 24-3. to three. It's interesting. We looked back at the numbers, you know, because as soon as State got to 19, and I remember we had scored 20 against Auburn, I began to ask. I said, hey, when's the last time State scored 21 or more in a game? Well, the last time State had scored 21 was in 1997 against Ole Miss. And then 24 is the most since State put up 25 in 1997 against Ole Miss. That 97 team, uh, Richard Lee, Brooks Bryan, Travis Chapman, that group there, Brian Weiss, Chris Lauterhouse, love those guys, man. I mean, uh, those guys were absolute mashers. This is the first time we've had that kind of offense explosion since then. It's a huge, huge number. And, uh, you know, State brings in Bryce Brock for the ninth. He's a young guy and really just needed him to kind of get out of there. And uh, they they hit him a little bit, you know. Six hits in the inning, but listen, if we're up twenty-four to three, I don't, I don't want you getting cute. Just go up there and throw fastball, let them get themselves out of here. Let's get out of here. So we get out of there, and uh, you know, it's a, it's a one, one game deal. You know, it, it always is. But uh, you win the first game, and uh, you clinch the, a top four spot in the SEC. Now we kind of move into some bigger things. Want to thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company for all they do. I mentioned to you guys, I was there Monday night, had the Sloppy Joe sliders. The wife had the Lauren. We had the spring rolls. We had we had it. We just did it big, and that's what you need to do. It's it's toward the end of the school year. Go celebrate with your kids. Take them to Bulldog Burger Company. Allow them to order their favorites. You'll be the cool parent by doing so. That is absolutely the Robertson Family Restaurant of Choice. Is Bulldog Burger Company. Follow them on Instagram. They will have the, their late specials, their drink specials, the, the new desserts, all that good stuff. They'll have all of that right there on Instagram. And listen, if you've got an Instagram account, Twitter account, whatever, you're always looking for new people to follow that add value to your timeline. That's what you're going to get with Bulldog Burger Company. A great restaurant-quality hamburger is one of the finest delicacies in all of life. And so I encourage you, when you're in start, well, go by. Let the fine folks at Bulldog Burger Company serve you and allow you to know that that's the place where the cool kids go to meet. M-E-A-T. So let's take a look at uh, what it all means from last night's action as we look around the league. Vanderbilt comes from behind. Kentucky had taken a 10-9 lead before a weather delay. 
Vanderbilt answers back. They had runners at first and third with one out when the when the tarp came out. They come back, win the ball game, 16 to 10. Now, Vanderbilt can do no worse now than share the Southeastern Conference championship. They have earned at least a share, assuming uh, Mississippi State's team to catch them. So the best we can do now, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, just a game behind Vanderbilt. And so Vanderbilt still has to kind of continue to play. And so I guess it's one of those things, too, where I've kind of talked myself in a circle here. Uh, I, I, I live in the big maroon bubble, if you know what I'm saying. I always look at things as they relate to us in Mississippi State. So Vanderbilt stays two games ahead of Mississippi State. Arkansas stays a game ahead. Arkansas 7-3 winners on the road at College Station. The Aggies, again, kind of having to shake up the rotation through a younger guy last night. It will be a little different deal tonight. We'll see. Hopefully A&M can take that because, again, A&M, A&M is, a, is a tournament-capable team. They're trying to play their way into a hosting opportunity. I, I don't see it right now. So, again, the top three in the league, I guess top four count in Georgia, everybody won. Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Georgia. So your top four are set. It's clinched. Now you're just kind of jockeying for position among those four. Uh, and again, state tied with Georgia. And there was some discussion last night that I saw on social media. I haven't watched the broadcast. Larry Templeton was in the booth and made mention that he, he wasn't totally sure the SEC is going to get four top eight national seats. It might be three. That's why it's so important that we finish ahead of Georgia or even with Georgia because we hold a tiebreaker over Georgia. And when you look at all the metrics, state's ahead of Georgia, okay? State's ahead of Georgia. State beats them head-to-head. State, you know. Got the better overall record, more quadrant one wins, you know, higher RPI. But you don't want to mess it up and then drop a game and get behind those guys. And then all of a sudden it becomes a matter of debate. I think as long as you're even with Georgia, there's no decision to be made. LSU was the team, the only team um, that could catch Mississippi State and with State winning last night, that's now impossible. State with now a 19-9 record in SEC is safely ahead of LSU and locked in, but LSU knocks off Auburn 7-1. You know, it's that time of year where LSU is uh, desperate. You know, they're going to f- try to find a way. Auburn, of course, uh, got some good pitching, but uh, somewhat limited offensively. But uh, LSU wins 7-1 last night. Real good chance they end up fifth or sixth in the league. They're getting some help, though. Ole Miss gets shut out 7-0 last night. 7-0, and uh, that's five in a row. For Ole Miss, it's five losses in a row for Ole Miss. There, you know, we talk about states might be state might be playing their best baseball uh, of the season. State has won 12 of 13 since since being swept at Arkansas. Let that sink in for a second. 12 of 13 down the stretch, playing against teams that have a lot to play for, including a couple of series on the road. And you've won 12 of 13. Ole Miss now losers of five in a row. Garrett Stallings, uh, one of my favorite pitchers in the conference that doesn't pitch for Mississippi State. Garrett Stallings, uh, this does a tremendous job, you know, for Tennessee. Goes the nine-inning complete game last night. Four hits, seven strikeouts, just 103 pitches. You talk about being efficient. Goodness gracious. And now they now Ole Miss have to deal with uh, with Crochet. <laughs> it's, it's just ridiculous. Uh, Tennessee's got elite pitching. They don't have elite offense. They found some last night. And, and you know, Will Atherton is a good pitcher for Ole Miss. Pro- he's probably a Saturday guy throwing on Friday. He's kind of a tough luck guy because he's going against some of the league's best arms. Uh, but the bottom line is Ole Miss not playing well as of late at, at all. Uh, Florida takes uh, one from Missouri. Florida pretty much playing for their postseason lives. They need to go to Hoover and just absolutely get hot. Probably might even need to win the whole thing. They're really, really, really on the border of not making the tournament which is incredible considering that some people thought they were a potential national championship contender this year. Uh, so that's kind of where we are right now when we begin to kind of look in, as we get into today. So so as far as Mississippi State goes, there is no longer any risk of playing on Tuesday in the SEC tournament. That that That's behind us. We are locked in on Wednesday. And a good chance that today will determine whether we play the early game or the late game on that day. be great find a way for uh, for Georgia to drop a game. Uh, I, I just don't see Mississippi State losing a ball game this weekend unless State just kind of forgets what's going on. And I think with the leadership on this team, I just don't think it's going to happen. Look at your top 25. Uh, Illinois knocks down Michigan State 8-4. Uh, NC State 
losers to North Carolina last night. UNC is a team that's a little bit – they're an interesting team out of the ACC. Louisville absolutely destroys Florida State 14-1. Indiana takes down Rutgers 7-5. We mentioned Vanderbilt. Uh, East Carolina knocks off Memphis 19-10. West Virginia 10-1 winners over George Western. Miami, they're, they're projected by some people to be uh, paired with the Mississippi State Regional. That, that's perfectly fine with me. Miami takes down Duke 4-3. Uh, Georgia Tech, that Georgia Tech team is very intriguing to me. They shouldn't be this good, but they are. And, man, how big has baseball been in the state of Georgia this year between Georgia and, and Georgia Tech? So Georgia Tech, 12-7 winners over Pitt. The Yellow Jackets can swing the bats for sure. Uh, Oklahoma State takes down number four, number 12 Baylor, 16-4, and Texas Tech uh, losers to TCU, 3-1 in 14 innings. So not a lot of action last night. There will be a ton tonight. Tonight will be a good night to scoreboard watch. But, again, if you're a Mississippi State fan, what you're kind of looking at now is you're pulling against Vanderbilt and Arkansas and Georgia. You want State to have the best opportunity possible to kind of move ahead in the SEC pecking order because of the fact that if Larry Templeton is correct, and I'll be honest with you, I I think State is a lock for a top eight national seed right now. But you don't want to drop this series and then go out at Hoover early and then leave it up for debate. You at least want to sweep this series, and then whatever happens in the SEC tournament is is essentially irrelevant at that point. Uh, But the bottom line is Mississippi State has played their way into some big, big moments now, and now it's about finishing. And so tonight is senior night at Duty Noble Field. Last night we had the uh, graduation, you know, because – Boys playing baseball at <laughs> your graduation. So Dr. Mark Keenum comes out. He's got his robe on. It's uh, it's it's quite the deal, okay. And they give the guys, uh, you know, the, their their moment at Dirty Noble Field, and it's actually really really cool. Uh, tonight will be a different deal. I had heard a rumor that uh, Stacy Mangum might sing the national anthem. I visited with her last night. She is battling back from some some illness, has a little bit of laryngitis. I will be shocked if she sings tonight. Uh, and if you remember, Stacy Mangum is certainly capable of uh, belting out that national anthem. She sang it during basketball this year and did a tremendous job. I have heard that all the, the Bulldog mamas, the, the senior baseball moms, will throw out the first pitch tonight. And that'll be a cool moment. But uh, it'll be a, it's a big weekend, primetime game. Come on out and be a part of this. We had a little 8,000 ball game last night. And uh, for a Thursday night crowd, I thought it was really good. I, I thought the crowd was into the ball game and uh, – when the dogs needed them, they were there. One of the, my favorite moments at Dirty Noble Field is when uh, when we all get lined up out there and, and the, the team is uh, is kind of up against it, maybe needing a big hit there, and the crowd starts with a Let's Go State chant. And uh, you see Tanner Allen and Jake Mangum and those guys out there just kind of you know egg, egging the crowd on a little bit. Uh, those are big moments. And uh, there are some big moments left to go for us uh, this year. So we'll have JT Ginn out there tonight. Uh, at least that's that's the plan, you know, and uh, that's what we were informed earlier this week. We'll, we'll stay in rotation. Uh, JT is a guy that, uh, with his slider and looking at the South Carolina lineup and, and looking at the fact that, uh, you know, they are kind of a feast or famine bunch. I shared with you guys on the uh, the show Wednesday, not a single guy had number 300 heading into the weekend, but, uh, but they are a team that can hit the long ball. JT is not a guy that elevates many. Just, just not one of those guys. You know, he is a guy that keeps the ball down, really pounds the, the low end of the strike zone, uh, has that slider really working hard away from right-handed hitters. It's very, very difficult to elevate JT Ginn. And so I expect a big night for him. I expect a Mississippi State offensively to come out and play, and, and play well again. Uh, I don't think we get 24 runs again. It, you know, if we do, that might be a record. But uh, – it's an exciting time to be a Mississippi State baseball fan, and my hope is you can get out here this weekend and be a part of this thing at Dirty Noble Field because uh, there's a lot at stake. And you guys have heard me mention many times, you know, that uh, I remember being a young man and, uh, you know, my dad bringing me to ball games. And, uh, you know, my dad died when he was 57 years old, and it, it's absolutely it's a tragedy that uh, he worked his whole life, worked with Farmers Home Administration, put in 33 years uh, doing his best for the American taxpayer. And then, then he didn't get a chance to really enjoy the fruits of his labor, didn't get a chance to enjoy his retirement. And, uh, and so the, 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 more that, uh, the more mileage that I put on the, the personal odometer, the more I can appreciate 
those times that my dad went to the trouble to take me to a ball game. And, and all of that m- means more to me now, I guess, because I have kids of my own. You know, it's one of those things, too, living up here. I remember thinking, man, if I ever get to Starkville and can live there full time, I'll, I'll never take it for granted. And I don't. I absolutely don't. Every time that I walk into the Dunable Field, and I, and I don't know if there's any place in the world that I feel more relaxed than Dirty Noble Field. I, I just, I just, I, there's just something magical about the place, and maybe it's because of the fact that I've got so many great memories there, and that we share such a collective belief in Mississippi State and in the Diamond Dogs that uh, it's the one place you can kind of go, and uh, you can be a kid again, if you know what I'm saying. And so, your kids want to have those same memories with you. That they, they want you to pack the car. They they want they, they they want you to stop by you know the, the sporting goods store. They want you to stop by Campus Bookmart on your way to town and go buy them brand new fresh game shirt, and get them that M over S hat. They don't know how to tell you that, but that's what they want, and that's what I'm telling you now. You'll never regret investing in your family, and you'll never regret packing the car. You'll never regret going to the ball game, and watching guys like Jake Mangoman and Tanner Allen and those guys get out there and play for us because it is a shared collective experience. You know, it's not just about winning and losing. There's just something special about Mississippi State baseball, and, and I, it's difficult to kind of quantify and explain to other people. It's something you can't explain. It's just something you know. And this is a very, very special Mississippi State team. You know, we, we had high expectations for this team. As soon as we got done with last year, because like it's it's the reminder late late in the year last year it's a reminder of, of who we, we really thought we were we we had we didn't we didn't expect big things last year we thought we'd be in a road regional somewhere and then we get off to such an abysmal start and maybe that made the the, the stretch run the probably the most improbable run to Omaha in Mississippi State history and maybe that's what made it all so much so more special is it was unexpected. Maybe we could appreciate a little bit more. But this year, we entered the year saying, you know what, we're going to be a really good baseball team. And there have been so many times Mississippi State teams in the past, regardless of sport, have had high, high expectations, and they have embraced the expectations and then not fulfilled their potential. We still got a lot of baseball left to play, but here we are in the final weekend of the SEC schedule. We're, we're not having to kind of hope and pray and get help to get – to Hoover that's already clinched that's assured and we're still in contention for an SEC championship we're still in contention for an SEC West championship I don't know how probable that is but it's all still possible but we're mentioned among the nation's elite we even had one of the top publications that cover college baseball come out and say Mississippi State could be the overall number one national seed in an NCAA tournament but that's something we've never done but the bottom line is, is that there are going to be plenty of opportunities over the course of the next few weeks to make some very special memories together. Some of you, I know, for some reason or other, can't make the games, whether it be geography, whether it be finances or whatever, physical infirmity. But it's your team, too. We encourage you to be here whenever you can be. But one of the things that makes being a Mississippi State fan so special it's the fact that when something big happens, we all feel it. When something big happens, when 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 Jake's uh, you know, C and I single found fair territory to give him the record. You know, we were all hoping for a home run or a, you know, the the quintessential Mangum, you know, single the opposite way, but instead we get a blue single down the line, and it's just so crazy. And I remember the look on his face. You know, he just kind of like, you know, can you believe it? You know, uh, but that's something that we will always remember. And I know that your kids that were in attendance and watching on TV, they'll always remember that. And there's so many of these young people that I see at ball games, and it reminds me of a simpler time in life. And it reminds me of the times when my dad made the effort to bring us. And uh, I just think about all the great memories and all the ball players and all the people that have come before this team. It's brought us to this point. And I think this is a very, very special team, and I think this team is capable of winning it all. We've had some injuries. We've had some adversity this year, but they found a way to battle through it. And I think when you look at this team, that's one of the things that I, when I think about this team, the focus of this team down the stretch has been remarkable. 
We went up to Arkansas, we get swept up there. It was a gut punch to our sensibilities. It made us question our team. It made us our belief in them somewhat shaken. And then we come back and we, we, we take care of Ole Miss. And, and let's be honest, uh, that was kind of a turning point for us down the stretch. You know, Ole Miss is a very, very good team. It's, it's one of those things that I, you know, some of our, our fans have difficulty kind of giving them credit. You know, when it comes to baseball, I've, I've got no problem tipping my cap to Ole Miss. Mississippi State's a better team, a better program. But this Ole Miss team is a good team. You win that ball game and you go sweep Georgia. And, again, we've won 12 or 13 since then. And then you go sweep Ole Miss at their place. And it's one of those things. It is the reinforcement of the belief that we are as good as we hope to be. And that's really why you've had all this angst with the Ole Miss folks. It's because it's a reminder to them that, that, that they're not Mississippi State. That Mississippi State is still better than them. That despite having a, quote, number one recruiting class, that when those, that as that class has matured and become juniors, that they're not on Mississippi State's level. The Mississippi State has won four this year and 14 the last 16. And that number one recruiting class is now 1-11 against Mississippi State. But that's now behind us. Now we're looking ahead. Dave Murray uh, did the math the other day. This team is second only to the 1989 team in regular season wins. The 1989 team considered by many to be the greatest Mississippi State team of all time. You could make the debate 85-89, but the 1989 team was number one much of the season and then couldn't get out of a home regional against North Carolina. But the fact that this team, this 2019 team, is in contention to put up some numbers is some of the greatest teams in the history of our program I think that really speaks to what we're experiencing right now. That's why I think it's so important to be here. And so if you're on the fence about coming this weekend, let me go ahead and encourage you. Go ahead and buy the ticket, okay? Go ahead and make the trip. I know it gets a little convoluted sometimes. I know, it, I know Listen, I know if you're a single-game fan, it can be a little intimidating. You don't know who, where to get the tickets. You don't, you don't know where to sit. You know, I don't understand. Do I need to bring a chair? And that's something we're still kind of all figuring out, okay? But it's not as complicated as it might seem. There, listen, there are plenty of people that are going to be selling tickets out there between uh, the Hump and Dirty Noble Field. There are going to be plenty of people out there as you park your car that will have tickets in the grandstand, okay? You can get you a standing room only tickets. You can walk around. You can enjoy the left field lounge, whatever. Believe me, you got family out there. You don't, you don't realize it yet, but you got you got family members you hadn't met yet. Go out there and enjoy the ball game. But I know I had some, the other night I was out and uh, shooting pool and I had a guy tell me, he said, you know, he said, I just feel like that with the new stadium, we've kind of abandoned our 5 and $10 baseball fan. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. And a lot of it, he just doesn't know. And I think we've got some fans that kind of feel that way. They feel like that they've been priced out of the stadium. And I can, I can tell you that nobody at Mississippi State Baseball wants any of our fans to feel like they're not a part of this. Or to feel like that they can't be uh, in the stadium. But as great as this thing is going, you know, we want you to take part in that. We want you to take some ownership and feel like that you're a part of this deal. And so, again, I encourage you, find some tickets. Come on up here. Be a part of it. Make memories with the kids. Because if we get older as, as grown folks, sometimes we, sometimes we forget to have fun. Sometimes we forget to plan trips and give ourselves a bit of a break. Sometimes when we get old, we think, okay, why... Well, my day off should be a day off. I just want to sit around here. And that's true. Sometimes there's nothing better than that. Sometimes there's nothing better than just doing nothing. But uh, there will come a day when I won't be able to go to the ball games. You know what I'm saying? That, that day's going to come. And, and, and hopefully that's a long way off. But there, there will come a day that, uh, that I can't go to the ball games. And uh, I remember my great friend, and, uh, and I'll try to make it through this and get on out of here. Uh, my great friend... Uh, old Tiger Dog on Gene's page. Bob was the voice of uh, South Panola for many, many years. And I remember when Bob was really, really sick. And Bob uh, Bob had cancer, and, and uh, we were going to Omaha. And uh, Bob was going to send his boys, and unfortunately he was too sick to go. And uh, when after my dad died, you know, Bob was the guy. I used to always tell Bob, I said, you know, I, the thing that I'm, when I miss my dad the most is when, uh, when stage playing. When I can't call him after a ball game, 
to get his post-game commentary. I can't call him at halftime just to have him tell me, oh, we're going to be okay, we're going to be okay. We just need to do this, we need to do that. Well, Bob kind of became that for me because Bob loved me. And so Bob would reach out to me during ball games. He, he kind of became like a de facto stepdad for me when, he, when Mississippi State was playing, and he reached out to me. And so I, so I remember that conversation because I used to call and talk with him when he was really ill. And I remember him saying, you know, about how, how much he wished he could go to a ball game. And, uh, and so I remember all of that. When I, when I think, okay, well, you know, I really don't want to pack the car and go cover the team this weekend, or I, re- I really don't want to drive to College Station, Texas. I don't, you know, I think about Bob, and I think about my dad, and I think about all those people that would do absolutely anything to be able to go watch the Diamond Dogs play. And so when I'm given the opportunity to go, I'm going to go. I'm going to go every single time. I'm going to go until I can't go. Because that's what it means to me. It's important to me. And because it's important to you, it's more important to me. There, I love being there. When we went to Knoxville, Tennessee, and, and Jake gets a hit and, and uh, passes Jeffrey Ray, you know, we at Gene's Page were the only people that had it. Even, not even the university had video of Jake Mangum talking about breaking the school record. But we had it. And, uh, and I don't say that to brag about us. I'm just saying that those are the magical moments that, that sustain our fan base. And the fact that I was able to bring that home for our fans, and of course we make all that free, to bring that home for fans, to be able to get Jake talking about what it meant, that's huge. It's everything. And so my hope now is is that we can continue the season. And it's not won't just be the Jake Mangum year. And I can tell you, that's not what Jake wants. Jake doesn't want it to be the Jake Mangum record year. Jake wants it to be the Mississippi State National Championship year. That's what Jake wants. I know this. Jake wants his record to be a detail as part of a bigger story. And the next step in that journey will take place tonight at Duty Noble Field. My hope is you can be here and be with us. Well, folks, it's going to do it for today. We'll be back on Monday to recap the SEC weekend it was and get you ready for the SEC baseball tournament. Man, it seems like the season has absolutely flown by. But, man, what a great season it's been. And I really believe that the best is absolutely yet to come. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends and enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.